0: What are the needs of your business and what are the types of personality traits or skill sets that would really be a benefit to you as you grow it?
1: You are listening to Amplifier Success Podcast, episode 331. And today, a serial entrepreneur is going to help us understand the pros and cons of having business partners. you ready for this? Let's get started. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier and possibility igniter for expert-based entrepreneurs. And today we've got a guest joining us to talk about what she learned from co-founding several very successful companies with one person. The ins, the outs, the good, the bad the things to watch out for. So if you've even considered partnering with somebody else to start a business or even a lot of things that come up when you do joint ventures and other types of strategic partnerships, you're gonna love today's episode. Today's episode reminded me so much of the value of relationship capital. We can go so much farther, so much faster when we align with other people who compliment us, who can help us bring our vision to life. And I find that a lot of expert-based entrepreneurs are winging it, and they are trying to get so much done on their own, and they're really missing the value of that collaborative power. And in my experience, when you have a lot of vision and a lot of creativity, you absolutely need people who can integrate your vision, who can help out with getting things done, because you probably are more of an initiator, and. I find that when it comes to growing the reach of your business, relationships are so key. I talk about this a lot in the collaboration side of things and one way to really make sure that you have the collaboration power necessary to exponentially grow the reach of your work in the world is to make sure you know how collaboration fits in all seven of the key factors of a highly paid authority business. So if you head right now to amplifywithmelanie.com, you can download a seven step framework that I have used over and over and over again in my uh, two decades plus of running a business. And this is the same framework that I teach my Ignite clients. And it's the same framework you can use right now on your own to make sure that you have all of the pieces in place to be paid four and five, maybe even six figures for your work, tap into the collaboration potential, and really grow the reach of your work in the world. So again, go to amplifywithmillian.com. You can download this framework for free right now, and I will help you learn what's been missing and how to put those puzzle pieces together for more growth faster. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. Today, I'm speaking with Tannis George, and she has this so unique perspective on co-founding companies. We're gonna be talking about how to know if your business partner is your company's greatest asset or becoming a liability. Now, let me give you a little bit of juicy background on Tannis. Tannis is co-founder of a company called Trulio, and it's a serial te- she's a serial tech entrepreneur and a leading advisor on entrepreneurship and building successful co-founder partnerships over the course of her career in startups spanning the last 20 years tanis has co-founded scaled and success- successfully exited multiple data driven businesses with the same partner. I can't wait to hear about that. So today, Tanis is one of the go-to voices and experts in the co-founder relationship, author of the Co-Founders Handbook and founder of the Co-Founders Hub. And her work today focuses on how co-founders can function in an open, productive, and symbiotic way to ensure continued and long-term business success. Tanis, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Melanie. I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited for this conversation because I I've never had a co-founder. I have had business partners along the way, and it's a it's a delicate relationship, you it know. Is. And it's kind of like a marriage in a lot of ways. So um, I'm excited to unpack this with you because I think I can just imagine what could happen to entrepreneurship, to uh, marriage partners who are business partners and people who start these businesses together if they had the tools that you're able to provide. So can't
0: wait. Awesome. I'm excited.
1: (laughs) So I thought it might be fun if we start by just kind of painting a little bit of a picture of the background that you're coming from. You have built a billion dollar company with your co-founder. And you're still friends and you keep (laughs) building businesses together. So um, let me back up a little bit and tell us like, first of all, how'd you get started? And how, like, how have you been able to keep that connection thriving with your co-founder?
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, it's a great place to start the origin story. So um, I met my co-founder actually in high school he and I had lockers beside each other uh, for five years, from grade eight to grade 12. And over that time, we forged a really, really incredible friendship. We were best friends, did school projects together, and we really built that friendship. Uh, little did we know, I always say that we were actually building the foundation for our working relationship down the road. So, um, but we we went to high school together. And then when we graduated, both of us decided to skip the, uh, the college and university, and we dived right in to business. And we started our very first company. And over the course of 10 years, we were able to successfully build and exit three companies over uh, over those 10 years. And, you know, it was an incredible time. We, um, you know, I don't think we, we ever really considered how we worked together. And that was a really interesting thing to me when I wrote the book and was reflecting on my partnership. How did we make that work? But, you know, there was a lot that we brought from our friendship in. And then we also really knew how we could complement each other. And that was like a key piece of it. And then after that was 10 years, I um, decided I was going to start a family. Um, But Stephen was ready to move on. And so he went to Silicon Valley with an idea that we had. And we raised money down there. And that was truly you. And from there, uh, you know, the company grew um, over the course of 10 years to become um, the quote unquote unicorn uh, that it was uh, or that it is. And um, yeah, it's been an incredible journey.
1: And what is... Trulio, just so we have context for the company you created.
0: Yeah, for sure. Trulio is an identity verification company. So we basically do identity validation. It really stems from the same um, industry that we were in in our previous companies. It was just a uh, an extension of what we had done before.
1: Hmm. Okay, my mind's going in so many different places. Be- and, and so here's what's in my mind. You know, we've seen so many movies or series, <laughs> some of which are um, just been aired over the last years. I believe it was the um, co-worker company. They just uh, did the series uh, on Hulu about the founders of that being married couple. Yeah, uh, we've seen uh, similar situations. Uh, I can't remember the name. It was like the Adam Project or something like that, where yeah. uh, you know the the child, the the teenage people who the the man and the woman who were friends. They Created this company and then one of them uh, betrays the other. Like we see this in totally. the media all the time, right? Where where you have def- maybe defied the odds or set the standard. I don't know what or yeah. you know landed on something like. What do you think? Like you said, you know, really focusing on your synergies and what, how you complement each other. But I have a feeling something goes deeper than that. Yeah, is the real foundation that we're looking for if we're going to align with a partner in this way.
0: Yeah. So one of the key things that I focus, on, I've managed to interview hundreds of founders, survey multiple founders in different ways. And I think what it all come, boils down to is a form of intentionality. You know, um, you're, that person at the helm with you is somebody that is actually on your side. And I'm always trying to shift co-founders mentality as they look at their partner and say, look, if you two are doing something together, you are going together in the same vision. And if you break that vision, you're actually gonna be affecting your own personal growth and your own success. So I'm always telling everyone, be intentional about building that bond with that person with you and making sure that you're on the same path that your vision is united, that your execution plan that you have for your company, you are on the same page. It's so vitally important. So tensionality is like a key, key focus. And the ones that do that well, they go on to succeed. But the partners that have like a set it and forget it mentality, unfortunately, everything leads to deterioration. And you really need to keep focused on it um, right from the beginning and move forward that way.
1: Yeah, I love your use of intentionality there because I think I don't know if you've seen this, but entrepreneurs as a rule tend to be very wing it, winging, it, right? Like they're, <laughs> they're flying by the seat of their pants. Totally. They're just figuring everything out as they go. You know, they may have a vision, but the vision's constantly evolving, and there's tends to be a lot of um, erratic growth and messy growth. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you're not uh, immune to messes, but I know that as a you know when there's business partners involved and there's two of you or more as partners that messiness can sometimes be really hard for people like what do you, what do you think is the secret sauce to overcoming those growth challenges and keeping that intentionality and that that synergy in place that you've mentioned
0: Yeah. Sometimes it seems obvious, but when you're in the fires of entrepreneurship, sometimes you're not thinking about the obvious stuff. So, of course, the first thing is communication. So, one of the things that Stephen and I I did really well upon reflection was that we regularly, regularly sat down and we really mapped out our business going forward. And in doing that, we were able to catch... Where one another had different ideas of how we could move forward, and we can work it out. It was like a a whiteboarding session where we'd put all the uh, possible possibilities and decisions that we had to make, and we'd run it a bit like a choose-your-own-adventure. Like, what if we, what if we went this direction? What would be the possible outcomes and decisions we'd have to make? And in that exercise, we really aligned our mission, our vision, our plan going forward. So that communication, I. think was the big key to how we were able to progress forward and build multiple companies together because that process of communication was so key. And unfortunately, yeah, a lot of partners, they just, you know, they focus on their revenue growth or they focus on all these other key, but statistically, 65% of businesses will fail because of issues between the founders. And when I heard that stat, that was like, wow, this is a big deal. And very, very few people are actually putting that focus on that one, what I call the Trojan horse that could be already in their business that is actually potentially a major liability.
1: Okay. I want to unpack that a little bit more because when I was thinking about our conversation and I was preparing, I was thinking, you know, I bet with all this experience you've had, you probably can help people spot signs, mm-hmm. uh, that there, as you refer to as a Trojan horse, but there's some, maybe some liabilities that are already embedded in the relationship or in the dynamics that they need to pay attention to because they may blow up later.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first ones that I look for is, um, sort of an off jointed ego. Um, this can happen oftentimes with different roles. Um, um, but for some reason, there seems to be um, this uh, happening that happens between partners where one particular person, you know, they don't want to be vulnerable. You know, as entrepreneurs, we like to think we're great at everything, and if there isn't this ability to be vulnerable and authentic with their partner, what can happen is you get this excuses uh, for why mistakes are made. Um, you might get um, ignoring, not talking about things, sliding things under the rug. Um, And then a lot of times people are not choosing their battles appropriately. (laughs) They're fighting over the little stuff and they're not seeing things in the big picture. So I think that ego tends to be one of those red flags um, that unfortunately you can kind of see progressing. And then you know, putting things under the rug that should be spoken about. And sometimes that comes from just like a lack of ability to have those difficult conversations and come out the other side with a solution. But often when I advise some founders, they're like, oh yeah, we have this underlying issue that we just can't get past. Kind of like in a a marriage, (laughs) we all have these underlying issues. And unfortunately that starts to create mistrust or resentment or anger or frustration. And that really starts to break apart the partnership. So those are kind of some of the key points and factors that I notice uh, that tend to eventually go down and deteriorate a partnership.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think that's so dead on. And I was get, I was getting really curious as you're talking, you know, uh, in the work I do, I I look at values alignment in terms of fit. For people doing business together. And I'm wondering how important do you think it is for people to share their value systems, at least around business, to be successful in co-founding or business partnership?
0: So Melanie, you literally just nailed the one major epiphany that I had um, that I never expected when I was interviewing co-founders. And, and that was the topic of values. There was so many times that I would speak to partners that had failed partnerships And there was this underlying random, people would say it offhandedly. And they would say, you know, we really actually just had different values. And it was interesting because oftentimes those values weren't necessarily what was happening in the business, but was happening in their personal lives. And I thought that was really, really fascinating that over and over again, when people spoke of a failed partnership, they would mention again, huh, yeah, you know, just sort of the way they treated other people, or the way they handled their personal taxes, you know, these little comments that one person said, we just, we didn't align to the point that now I say, these questions are something that you have to talk to the other person about who you're going to partner with, finding out what are your values? what What do you put weight in? What is important? What moves you? What pushes you on a daily basis? You know, um, asking kind of the tough questions, you know, where do you stand on certain political fronts and so different
1: things? These matter ultimately
0: in the partnership. So you totally nailed it. Yeah. Values yeah. is a huge one.
1: Yeah. I think values, I mean, you know, I think when we're hiring team, it also comes into play. It comes into play with, you know, client alignment. And I can imagine in that co-founder, that symbiotic relationship that's emerging, it's like, when values are not connected that's gonna see that distrust you mentioned and it starts to put doubt in people's yeah. minds and maybe on a very subliminal level
0: yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's an extremely, extremely important. So much so that we actually created a product that we call Discovery Session at the Co-Founders Hub. And what it is, is a series of about 100 different questions. And a lot of them are the really, really, really tough questions that you need to ask before you join a partnership. And some of these questions really spark significant conversations, like something like, um, should we allow our spouses to work in the business or our children to work in the business? Um, you'd be surprised how many times people, some people think, oh, yeah, you know, my wife can work in the business. And the other person's going, ah, no, <laughs> that's not what I want. So these are some very interesting conversations. And it's really, really important to communicate them.
1: I think if you've ever watched an episode of The Prophet, you know having your family member work in your business isn't always the best decision. It's not. It's book two that I, I didn't even really talk so much about families in it because that's a whole
0: other business, uh, you know, a whole other topic. It's another book completely. But yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a it's one. a
1: unique thing. Yeah. It is. Okay, so let's flip this. We've talked about like maybe some signs that it's not a good fit, or you know, things to look for. And I love that you have that discovery. Product, because I think if we get better at asking the right questions before we commit to something that big, you know, either A, you can avoid it altogether, or B, maybe you can address it and come up with ground rules, so to speak. I'm sure you have a process for that. Mm -hmm. But let's flip this to What are we looking for? Because I got to imagine, Tanis. it's not everybody's going to drop into their best friend from high school being their great business partner. And some people are finding this, you know, they're they're seeking it out or they're meeting people along the way and they're evaluating this next step. What should somebody be looking for, for a healthy, vital, thriving partnership?
0: Yeah, for sure. So it was really interesting as I, again, as I was talking to co-founders, I found that there was a lot of times what people did is they went to what they call I call the obvious list, and this was that say for example someone had an idea for a for a software company but they're not an engineer so the first thing they think of well I got to get an engineer as my co-founder or someone's opening a restaurant and they have this idea for a concept that they think I need a chef you know these are the obvious skill sets that a lot of people just go straight forward for. But what I realized is there's actually a bunch of other factors that can really actually have a bigger impact in the positive or the negative um and or might be something that you want to look for. So i'm gonna I'll give you an example. Um, life stages. So oftentimes you might have somebody who's like in the, you know, maybe they're just out of university, still living with their parents. They have this brilliant idea, and they've got all the time in the world uh, to to build a, a software product, say, you know, one of the things they have to consider is, who am I going to bring on? And what life stage are they at? Is that person able to commit 80 hours a week along with me? Or are they not going to be able to commit, commit that, but they're able to bring an expertise that might be valuable? So to them, if they jump into this partnership, and the person isn't giving 80 hours a week, they might go, huh, this person's not, you know, putting in 100%. But really, it's, they have family obligations, or they have other things that are kind of stopping them from being able to commit. And if they don't talk about that, then unfortunately that can become a point of resentment. So um, there are these really uh, key factors. So to to cover that, uh, we have what's called the self-assessment. And really it is same sort of scenario, reflection questions that really helps people to dig deep into themselves and say, where am I excelling and where do I need assistance? So whether that's someone's detail-oriented and they need someone who's more high level and who can come in with more bigger vision, um, you know, what is a personality style? Are you risk adverse and you need somebody who can kind of, you know, push you forward or vice versa? There is so many other factors. And as you reflect on who you are, what's your needs, what's your goals, what you bring to the table, you'll start to see this picture of what person really could be a benefit to your business. And it also is determined on what kind of business you're in. That's another key focus. It isn't just about the partner, but what does your business need in the leadership that's going to be at the helm?
1: Mm -hmm. That's so good. Okay. Uh So now you got my brain going here and I'm thinking about something you said earlier with ego and how important it was for you and your partner to find the complement to each other. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I know has blown up many business partnerships, people that I've coached uh, in my past, is they both like to do or grow to like to do the same things in the roles. yeah, and their roles are no longer distinct. So now yeah. they're on top of each other. And so, if we were to go to these discovery questions, what's a discovery question somebody could reflect on to really ascertain, do we are we really complementary or are we too similar? And we're going to be on top of each other.
0: Yeah, for sure. So here, here's an interesting, I'm going to give you an example of two founders. Um, one of the One of the girls, she actually did our self-assessment and she realized that she was very quick to make decisions. But what was interesting was that the business she was building, what was a key focus was time to market. And so this was a time where she realized, actually, I don't want someone to compliment me in this area. I don't want someone who's going to be like, no, let's look at all the details. Let's make sure we've, you know, put all our ducks in the row. Let's be a little more thorough. She realized in that moment, I need someone who's also very quick, who's able to turn, who's able to grab opportunity when it comes in. And so that was um, a really important question. What are the needs of your business and what are the types of personality traits? Traits or skill sets that would really be a benefit to you as you grow it. And maybe if you're like that, great, but maybe you need your partner to be like that as well. So that's just one example of a question.
1: Mm, I love that. And I love that you went from hey, we don't always have to be um, perfectly complementary. Sometimes we need to share certain mm-hmm. skill sets or characteristics to really move this mountain called, you know, launching this business. And, you know, I think that's a really excellent point is, are you looking for similarity? or Are you looking for complementary? And knowing that I think is really important.
0: It's a really, it's it's a really complex equation. And it isn't just so simple as like, oh, I need a person to do this. There are so many other factors like, do I need this person to be able to add capital to our investment? Do I need them to be able to have a skill set in particular? Or more, do I need them there to start Sort of support me if I'm sort of the, the the going forward person, the front facing person. Do I need that person in the back? So there's again, it's a really unique um customized uh, equation that people have to figure out.
1: Mm, yeah, it's not straightforward. <laughs> no. Okay, so I have one more question that was starting to emerge, and I want to come back to something we we kind of touched on, but I want to dig a little deeper. Let's say there's a partnership and they've got a great business, but they're in conflict Mm -hmm. and they're locking their horns and they're stuck. Yeah. Is that a, Hey, we got to just, you know, close the doors or you know, somebody buy each other out, or is there in your experience a way to bring them back into some kind of harmony and thriving again? Yeah. So
0: the first thing that I would do if I was advising the partners that are really at that standstill is first to just say, listen, first, make sure that you guys are realizing that your success helps yourselves. <laughs> and again, sometimes it's you said this, you did that. And 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 they forget that they're a team. So that's the first thing that I try and do and try and change that perspective that the person is their enemy. And instead, look, this person wants the same outcome as you do. Together, you are a better force. So is there a way that you can change that perspective and then move forward from there? So that's one of the first things that I often tell people to do. The other thing is not to be afraid to reach out to a mediator. Um, to an advisor who has no vested interest, but they're able to come on as like a sounding board where you can say, listen, here's this uh, situation that we're in. How would you handle it? I actually even heard a couple of founders who put the questions of of execution out to their team. They didn't let in they didn't let them know that they were struggling or anything like that with this, but they said, hey, here's an opportunity we have at, at our uh, in on our plate. How would you move forward based on your expertise and in, in, in the role that you have? And in so doing, they said, whatever the outcome comes, it's not going to be, well, you were right and I was wrong. We're just going to go forward with what's the best for the business. And that was a really, really great exercise for those founders.
1: Mm, This is such great advice. And, Mm. uh, and, and I think, again, like, I'm imagining, like, okay, you're going to business therapy in a way, right? or or co founder therapy. Yeah, Um, sometimes it's literally like, let's reunite over what our common goals and vision is like, let's put the differences aside. And can we recalibrate back to our vision? And I think miracles can occur in that moment. So I heard you say, don't give up, just recalibrate.
0: That's right, exactly. And I tell founders, actually, from the minute you start your partnership, find an advisor. Find that person who's going to walk alongside you in your partnership, that's going to understand your business, who's going to understand how the individual found, co-founders work, um, what their style is, and let them walk along through with you. Meet with them periodically, once, twice a year, but just somebody so that if and when those situations arise, you have somebody who has like a background for you, with you and can actually guide you and advise you in a much better way.
1: So, does that something that the Co Founders Hub does for people? Is that one of your roles?
0: Yeah. Well, the the resources that we have are kind of meant to be that guide. Hopefully, okay. the point, the goal is that these. These tools that we have actually help mitigate and and sort of di- help you dig your well before you're thirsty. <laughs> right? <laughs> Answer those questions that you need answered so that you don't have to deal with it when it's an emotional question that you have to have answered. You know, deal with that ahead of time. Same thing with your legal contracts. Make sure all of these things are shored up in a way that is very positive and done at a time when you're not actually handling a situation.
1: And you didn't say this um, outright, but I am reading between the lines with what you just said, like, this is probably one of the most important things you do in those relationships is get legal agreements in Mm -hmm. the inception stage, not in the melty, everything's falling apart stage, because Uh, everything's different in that stage than it is in the honeymoon, like, oh, look, we're, we're doing this amazing thing together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have a few stories in the book. Actually, of founders who
0: decided to kind of wing it. They were really great friends, or they had really strong relationship, and they thought for sure a handshake is going to be good enough. But when you never know where your business is going to go, unfortunately, sometimes you just don't get the benefit of just having a handshake. You actually have to have some real plans in place, and yeah, it's really really
1: important. Mm, thanks for sharing that. I'm I'm mm-hmm. assuming that your book. Uh, is going to be flying off the shelf (laughs) because uh, there are so many people who really, they do want to collaborate. They do want to co-create together Mm -hmm. like this because there's so many powerful things that can happen when you're synergizing with some other human being. Um, Tell us a little bit about why you decided to write a book about all of it.
0: Yeah. You know, as I started to advise founders, I realized that a lot of them were what I called, quote, silently suffering. And as an entrepreneur, when you're in a business partnership, if that starts to go sideways, there's not a lot of people that you can turn to. Like you can't turn to your investors because you're going to freak them out. You can't turn to your employees because it's just inappropriate, suppliers, vendors, any of these kind of people. And you can't even really turn to your family because there's this sort of element where you're like, "Well, I know you're going to be on my side." <laughs> and you're biased and you're not really truly going to be able to give me that honest advice cuz your family's not even in the trenches with you. So it's very silently suffering. And so I wanted to create a book that came from the perspective of co-founders. So these are the advice and the wisdom of people who have gone before, who have been in that position and they understand the complexities and the emotional roller coaster that it all can be. And then they give that advice. And I really wanted that because I really have a passion for entrepreneurship I've been an entrepreneur my whole life um, I really believe it's the backbone of our economy of our society I think it's such an important factor and I really want to be able to undergird it and support it and I realize that this is one major way that we can do it and we're just not shining a large enough spotlight on how important it is that these people who are innovating and disrupting and completely changing the world for the better around us that we have to help them have that strong partnership or else, unfortunately, those businesses are at risk.
1: Yeah. Well said. So uh, let's talk about the book. Okay. It's a, a guidebook for co-founders. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like you've interviewed a lot of different people yes. and brought their stories to life in your mm-hmm. book. Yeah. <laughs> so something yeah. for every kind of founder or totally. partner in there. Yeah. And yes. where can they get the book?
0: Yeah. So for sure, the book starts with uh, all the stages of a partnership. So whether you're looking for a co-founder or you're even deciding, should I get a co-founder? There's a chapter for that. Then there's the chapter of where to find them, what to look for, how to vet them once you have that candidate you think might be the best, how to do legal documents, then how to navigate the partnership, how to communicate properly, how to handle difficult conversations, what to do when you're struggling, all the way to how to exit a partnership. And then I finish with some incredible stories that really highlight that this relationship could potentially be one of the greatest ones you'll have in your lifetime. Very few opportunities do we have in life to really integrate somebody into our whole being and our whole selves. And this is one of those uh, relationships that it. So it it always ends with a positive. Um, But the book is available on all the platforms, Amazon, Kobo, Apple, wherever you get your books. It's available in audiobook ebook and available in paperback. And um, it's all available at thecofoundershub.com.
1: Hmm. And by the way, my favorite place to listen to audiobooks, because I basically do everything on audiobook now, is Audible. Yep. Yes. And I love that you're making this available on Audible, because I, I have found there are books I want to read sometimes, and they're not on Audible. And I'm like, ah. yeah. so yes. thank you for making it available everywhere. That's I'm an Audible fantastic. fan too. So yeah. Oh. So when we're on our walk uh, yeah. virtually. <laughs> exactly. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Okay. And then when we were in the green room, you mentioned something. And my whole being was like, okay, hold on. What are you doing with this challenge for co-founders? Yes. This is really fascinating and I think so valuable. Tell us about this co-founder challenge that you're you're putting on.
0: For sure. So in the beginning when we were speaking, I told you that I thought one of the most important things that co-founders can do is to be intentional about their partnership. And I thought, what is it that I can do to assist these co-founders in keeping their partnership front of mind? When their business is doing its thing. Uh, so what we created was the 90-day challenge. And this is a bi-weekly email that goes out to founders that actually gives them exercises and reflective thoughts um, that can that show up twice a week for them to either practice that week or to think about to help them keep that that relationship in a positive light. So questions like what is something that you can do today to really uplift your and support your partner in the role that they currently have and just taking a few minutes to to, to look at that person that sits across the room from you and say what could I do to to, to make their load a little bit lighter and help them be um, more effective and more productive? Or what is it that I can do um, to help them um, know that I support them and that I'm grateful for them? What, How can I thank them today, both privately and publicly in front of my team? Because this encouragement is so important. It's why we have a co-founder is through the hard times that we can be there to encourage one another. So the 90 day challenge is something you can sign up for, um, to get these emails that come into your inbox. They're short, they're easy. They're just there to keep things front of mind and keep you intentional about your partnership.
1: And that's also at the thecofoundershub.com.
0: All the resources are at the thecofoundershub.com. You can get the book there, check out the resources, all the different, and, and take the challenge. Mm.
1: Sounds like a a really extraordinary place for building thriving co-founder relationships and business partnerships. So as you're listening in, if you yourself are not in a place where you are building this kind of relationship, I want you to think of at least three people that you know that are, and I want you to share this episode with them because you're going to be their new BFF. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. And they're going to be thankful forever because you (laughs) may have saved their business and given them tools that are going to help them. You know, because here's the thing. I know you know this, but just for our audience's sake, when a business is in contention and struggle mm-hmm. amongst the the partners and amongst the team members even, that destroys profit potential because your, your attention is moving out of growth. It's moving out of like all of the positive, expansive stuff. And you're focused on like, how do I deal with this problem today? Absolutely. And one of the best things to do to grow quickly is to shift back into like, where are we going? How do we get there? So I feel like you're actually helping the economy grow and expand by putting these resources out in the world. I like to think that single handedly. Oh, I know it. I know it. That's you right. are, you are a spark for expansiveness and, you know, more financial abundance for everybody by giving Absolutely. these great tools. So thank you for this work that you're putting out in the world. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I got a f- couple of fun questions I want to wrap up with. Um, hey. These are the listeners always love hearing these fun stories. What would you say is the boldest thing you ever did to amplify the success in a business? Hmm. And well, it can be the one you're in or one of your previous ones. Yeah. The boldest
0: thing that I ever did, you know, I just had a conversation with somebody whose mind was blown that I went from high school to entrepreneurship and I skipped College and university, and this is something that I I'm a big advocate for. I actually started a small online school for kids uh, to focus on entrepreneurship, um, because I really believe that um, grit, belief in one's vision, and the, and the business ideas that they have is really all that you need to actually succeed. And I think that had I gone that traditional route, went to school and and really just kind of plodded along in something that really wasn't something that was me. I was not never academic, I think I might have lost that fire and I would have lost that excitement of, of of embarking on new things. So I think definitely, um, skipping that step was um, was a smart move for me in the long term.
1: I love that you shared that so much because I have talked so many people out of going to college. (laughs) I spent (laughs) thousands and thousands of dollars on college. I have a master's degree. And in retrospect, I think it gave me confidence, but Hmm. I didn't really use anything else in the entrepreneurial journey where I ended up. And so I I think there's a lot of people that don't need those steps. And I'm glad you're an advocate for that and helping people courageously choose a different path. Hmm. Okay. Last fun question. Is there one thing you wish you would have done sooner because now you know how impactful it was?
0: Oh, this is a great question. What would be something that I wish I had done sooner because I didn't know its impact?
1: Well, now that you know how impactful it was, you're like, why didn't I do this sooner?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Why didn't I do this sooner? I think one of the most important things that I didn't do was in, um, invest in the relationship with my investors. So we had a lot of VCs that invested in Trulio. And upon reflection, I realized in many ways, they were actually like another set of co-founders that joined our team. And we treated them a lot like investors. And and, and we didn't always let them in in the same way that you, you could as a co-founder. And we didn't build that friendship with them, and then now over time, especially even after I've left the day to day at at Trilieu and I'm, I'm I'm hanging out with my investors now, I'm like, why didn't I spend more time just fostering that friendship? Um, because again, your success begets their success, and they're really in it for you. So I probably would have spent a little more time building and growing that relationship with my investors.
1: What an insightful answer! And I'm wondering now if that's your third book. <laughs> Yeah. It's an addendum to this one. It's addendum.
0: It's sort of saying, hey, yeah, these people are your your other your new co-founders. So um a lot of what applies in the book to a co-founder partnership still applies even to your investors.
1: Mm, that is such a great piece of wisdom there. Wow. As you're listening in. Uh, I hope you are inspired like I am. I don't have a business partnership that's on the, the edge right now, but I have had business partnerships and I I know so many people in business partnerships. This is profoundly insightful. Uh, I want you to um, really take this in because even if you are hiring team members, mm-hmm. there's so many resources here that can be helpful for you. True. So thecofoundershub.com. Tannis, this has been extraordinary. Thank you so much. Did we leave anything out that you want to say before we leave?
0: Yeah, you know what? You can also follow us along on LinkedIn and Instagram. I do a lot of little series on there as well to help educate people in partnership and entrepreneurship. And they can do that at the Co-Founders Hub or my own personal, which is at TannisGeorge.com or sorry, at TannisGeorge. So
1: T-A-N-I-S-J-O-R-G-E. Yeah. Make sure you go follow Tanis on all the great social medias and we will link them up in the show notes for you just to make it easy to click through and find her. Tanis, thank you so much. Thank you, Melanie. This is a blast. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market.